Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. It is wonderful to have you with me. Before I dive into my topic for this podcast, let me make sure you know about a couple other sources of media that I do. I do a Great Man podcast. You can subscribe to that on podcasts, obviously. Uh, you want to get that, the Great Man podcast. If you're a man or you're raising men or you're living with a man, you want to listen to this podcast. It's a short personal coaching podcast for men, but it's helpful for those who love men and who are raising them. And then also I do a weekly email blast that is all about tactics of great leadership. It's called Leading Thoughts, and you can subscribe to that by going to stephenmansfield.tv and on the homepage, you will see a place to subscribe to Leading Thoughts. We will not sell your information. We will not misuse it. We are very careful about that stuff. We do occasionally mention some book I've written or maybe a speech I'm making somewhere, but we're not selling your stuff. Uh, you can trust us. And these tactics uh, that I'm describing in that short little 500-word, 600-word email blast each week are helping people around the world. Now, <clears throat> I want to uh, describe a dynamic of our society today that illustrates a principle I believe in. Let me let me back up and tell you a story. Bev and I have a lot of humor uh, in our home. We really love to laugh and joke around with each other. And one of the things she teases me about is an attitude towards news and towards happening. This too will pass. I may not say those words, but I my degrees are all in history, you know, undergraduate history, theology, and then history and politics, and then history and literature. So the historian side of me um, caused causes me to look at facts, look at occurrences, and say, that's going to moderate. That's going to subside. Uh, that's going to reconcile itself. There's going to be a synthesis there. Uh, this too will pass. And as a result, it doesn't make me the wise old man, even though she teases me. What it does, it's a fruit of a way of thinking about how trends happen in history, how events happen in history. And as I've often said on this podcast, in the same way that most governing uh, in Washington, D.C. gets done in the middle. You got your wing nuts. They're screaming at each other. Maybe they're shutting down the government for a while over a budget crisis, but ultimately they're going to reconcile somewhere in the middle. In the same way that that's true, history itself tends to reconcile itself in the middle. And if you can learn to think that way, you not only don't get your hair on fire from the most recent events and the most recent uh, trends, but you also can anticipate the future. Now, let me give you an example. When I first began to realize that we were heading towards a trend of remote work in our society, this was largely because of some technological advances, of course, uh, Zoom and other things, um, but also because of COVID that kept us all home and locked down. When that began to rise, I remember thinking, and it's not because I'm smarter than anybody else, it's just that I'm used to analyzing trends. This is going to reach a, a crescendo. You'll have people outside, out there in the world saying, this is the future this is the future, and then it will subside. Because there's an old business principle uh, that comes from a, a business classic from decades ago called Megatrends, and it is high-tech, high-touch. The higher tech we get, the more we need touch, the more we need human interaction. And we need human, human interaction at a, at a physical present level to be creative. 
So I'm thrilled for Zoom. I'm thrilled for all of the systems that we have. Believe me, I'm on them every week. I teach by Zoom. I engage in business conversations and conference calls all the time. So I'm grateful for that technology. Do I think that we're all going to be working from isolated closets in our homes for the rest of our lives and never show up at a job? No. I do not. And so this last week, a number of things happened that, that again, for me as an analyst of trends, um, signaled that the worm is turning, the trend is changing. And you probably heard about some of these. Again, I'm talking about remote work and was it going to be the main thing that would shape the future forever? Everybody would be working remotely. I thought that was a kind of a crazy way of thinking. And I thought I saw some trends that were going to tell, indicate that we're going to moderate over time. Well, this last week, uh, Elon Musk, a man I really admire, I don't know him. And of course, I, you know, I'm not saying I'm putting my weight down on all of his life, um, but I really admire him, his innovation, his way of thinking, his way of confronting some of the craziness of our culture. Uh, he told his company, uh, plan to work on site 40 hours a week or find yourself another job. So here's one of the most creative men in our public world. I don't just honor him because he's got a lot of money. That alone doesn't mean anything uh, other than, of course, it's great for him to have money. Um, but more in terms of how he thinks about business trends and currents and how he innovates. And he uh, is telling his company, and this is almost literally what he said, look, we're trying to create technology that changes the world. We can't do that remote all the time. We can't be remote. We need to be together. It reminds me of a man locally here in Nashville where I'm sitting. I deeply admire, runs a huge company, very good leader. And he told me one time, you know, my company, It was this was during COVID. He said, my company is maintaining. We're treading water. We're not losing ground. But we are not as creative remotely as we are together. And he joked and said, yeah, basically, if we're not having that cocktail party at the end of the day, if we're not hanging together, we're not as good as we are uh, remotely, that is, as we are live. Well, some people might get upset at that. Some people might say, well, it might be fine for your, your business friend, might be fine for Elon Musk, but it's not fine for me. But listen to this. Just recently, a University of Chicago study found that remote workers put in longer hours, but were less productive. Effects that were especially pronounced among among parents. Surprise, surprise. Workers spend more time in meetings, the study found, but lost out on an important FaceTime with their managers. Now, this is a University of Chicago study, okay? Uh, a study published in Nature Human Behavior uh, drew on emails, calendars, instant messages, video and audio calls, and workweek hours for 61, just over 61,000 U.S. Microsoft employees during the first six months of 2020. The findings were the software giant's business units became less interconnected over time. There was an over-reliance on email and messaging, and it made it more difficult for workers to convey or converge in the, on the meaning of complex information. The reality check is that however flawed, remote work arrangements have become a linchpin of a COVID-era labor market defined by high employee turnover. Okay, so everybody's going to be given the, the cautions. But the fact is that not just Elon Musk, the head of a couple of really cutting-edge companies, uh, many cutting-edge companies actually, um, but a number of respected studies show that we are less effective when we work remotely. Now, my point here 
here is not to say stop working remotely, employers forbid that amongst your workers, and everybody show up at the office. No. But what's happening is a trend that was a combination of technology and a pandemic that zoomed that, no pun intended, zoomed the whole issue of remote work to the forefront so that many people thought, hey, we'll be doing this forever and exclusively is now moderating itself. I have to choose the word moderating uh, on purpose because you know that I believe the middle, moderating, moving to the middle, uh, being moderate, that's where most things resolve themselves. And I realize that some of you are going to tease me. The only thing in the middle of the road is you know, dead skunks and yellow lines. But, but th- my point nevertheless is that this is the way history works. We moderate and thank God we do. Otherwise, we'd be constantly dying on the bleeding extreme right and left politically or extreme trends. And only the, the, the extreme, most extreme crazies would dominate our society in a variety of fields. So what's happening now is that we're growing up a little bit. We're not being adolescent and being extreme. Instead, we're saying, you know what? Remote work has its place. It's going to allow some people to do great work for us. Uh, It's a tool in our toolbox. Thank God we have it. Thank God we don't have to ask everybody in our company to come uh, into the physical company every week. Uh, You know, some people can work almost exclusively from home. I'm told that accountants can do amazing job, an amazing job for a company, largely working from home because most of what they do is digital anyway. And it's not like they're driving down to the bank to drop off envelopes. And so they can do that kind of thing. Lawyers others, but creatives, teams like Tesla, Elon Musk's automobile firm, and SpaceX, and some of the, and of course, hundreds of other companies, thousands, millions of other companies, um, they need to have people together live. People need to be able to read body language. They need to be inspired. They need to be encouraged. They need the buzz of what goes on when they're together. They need the electromagnetic field of human interaction. So thank God for remote work. But it's not going to be the panacea, everybody working on their backsides at a desk, you know, in the corner of their bedroom for the rest of their life. And Yahoo, we can work from our, in our pajamas, but, 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 you know, we never get to see anybody. That's not the future. Instead, remote work is going to be one of the tools in our toolbox. And I think it's going to make us better. I, I'm grateful um, that, that parents can work from home and, and people can work a hybrid. That's probably what the future is going to be. I'm looking at all of my children and stepchildren and, and uh, et cetera, and their work lives uh, being much younger than I am, of course. Uh, and they're all doing hybrid stuff. They're at the office in New York two or three days a week. They're working from home. You know, they take, they, in fact, they don't even, when they come to visit me, they often don't even declare a vacation. They just travel over working, one of them working in the car, you know, remotely. And then they get here and they say, dad, we'll see at four this afternoon. We're working in in the meantime. And then we, you know, then we go out after that or something, or when it hits the weekend, we all can be, you know, full time together. It's a new way of doing things. But my point is I'm making two points at once. Yes. Remote work is not the panacea we thought it was. It's not solving things and it has some definite disadvantages. So the wise leader uses it the way it needs to be used, makes it a tool in the company's toolbox, 
teaches people the skills of doing it, but doesn't rely on it exclusively. Some skills, some departments will do it more. Others will do it almost not at all because creatives need to be in the room together. The macro thing I'm trying to say in this podcast is a way of looking at history, looking at trends, looking at the tides of our generation. And that is that things tend to move towards moderation. And you'll be able to anticipate the future better and also not be as troubled by what to seem to be the fiery trends and the, and the screaming for attention trends of our times. You just have to have a little bit of the Stephen Mansfield attitude of uh, this is going to pass. This in its present form is going to pass. What's it going to look like? And I spend a lot of time uh, doing futurism uh, with companies, helping them anticipate what, what's going to come, helping anticipate what's going to happen. And uh, I find that what helps me do that and others that I work with do that is we're not preoccupied with the clanging trends of our current time. They're going to change. They're going to morph. What are they going to look like in 36 months? Not what is COVID doing to us now? What will COVID leave us? What will remote work leave us? What will the great resignation leave us? What will the current trends of inflation leave us? What will the uh, Ukraine war uh, probably leave us? How will that probably resolve and what will it mean for the world? It's a way, it's a calm-headed way of looking and saying things morph, things moderate, things move from the extremes. How can I anticipate what's going to happen so I can lead well in the days that are to come? It's a way of thinking you want to master. And it's also a way of avoiding the exhaustion of soul that comes from believing everything that is thrown at you through media. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular global speaker, and Senior Fellow for Public Leadership at Palm Beach Atlantic University. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and Lincoln's Battle with God. Learn more at stephenmansfield.tv.